Welcome to the Caffeinated Thrifter Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy, and I'm a full-time vintage reseller on Poshmark. My store is called Millie's Modern Vintage, but on Poshmark, you will find me under the name Millie's MV, M-I-L-L-I-E-S-M-V. You can also shop my new website, www.milliesmodernvintage.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Millie's Modern Vintage. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting again with Stephanie Sissons from DYL Fashions, and she is a full-time reseller on Poshmark, and her and I both kind of go back and forth with some tips and kind of our version of what we think are some good tricks and ideas. If you are a Poshmark newbie and you're just starting out and you want to create this you know, fantastic reseller platform for yourself. So grab a coffee and hopefully these tips will give you some insight and inspire you. Stephanie, you're back. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for joining me again for a, a pleasure. podcast series. And before we even start, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to have to go down the road and ask you about today. And you can tell everybody what you were doing and how exciting so, it was. <laughs> so you and I are lucky enough to have an inn at our local Valley Village. Mm -hmm. And uh, our lovely Marilyn sent, uh, sent us a message and said they were doing uh, what I would consider a soft opening uh, today. So I had my mask, I had my gloves. And they both matched, if that, uh, that counts. <laughs> I was very much stylish. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we had to line up outside, six feet apart. They had some uh, markers set up for us. So there was probably wow. about 15, maybe 20 people in the lineup before me, right at opening. And so we slowly milled in. Uh, one of the ladies in line had told me that they were allowing up to 99 people in the building at one time. So I figured I would get in. Yeah. I got in and, oh, it was just lovely. <laughs> I had missed um, thrifting. I had yeah. missed the girls that worked there saying hello. I beelined for my favorite section, um, and I did quite well. I got, uh, I think, 13 items uh, for $88, so $6, a little over $6 a piece. So I was thrilled. Sweet. And I feel renewed. I know it may sound silly, but just going out um, and seeing people and doing the normal things that I used to do was yeah. such a relief. Well, I have to tell you that I really appreciate your documentation that you were sending me. <laughs> like I was living vicariously through you. And I mean, you're obviously closer to the store than what I am, but I, I do plan on taking a little venture in there soon. You know, I gotta and, say uh, though, I gotta talking. say the, the one thing that I struggled with was, and you would have gotten more uh, messages while I was there, but I didn't want to reach into my purse and pull my phone out. Yeah. So that kind of didn't allow me to do comps either. Yeah. So I wasn't able to look things up while I was there. So when I got into my car, I um, cleaned my hands or I cleaned my gloves, took my gloves off, took my mask off, 
clean my phone, clean my purse, um, and then kind of went from there. But I'm going to be thinking about how to be able to use my phone while I'm in there. I know it's all a process and I'm, I'm sure we'll come up with some kind of system. You know, the more we do it, the better we get it just like anything. But anyways, that's super exciting. And I'm, I'm so thrilled for you. <laughs> I'm very thrilled too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get to um, the situation here that um, that's at hand Poshmark. And so yeah. Stephanie, um, Stephanie and I today, are, we're going to talk about kind of like if you are a newbie, just like literally taking the plunge, you want to, you know, you want to resell on Poshmark and you've gone on the app and you've created an account. So now what, like, what are you looking, looking at kind of, so we're just kind of going to walk you through a few of our tips and ideas and things just kind of like from the newbie standpoint and hopefully it'll help you out. So I've got my, my 10 little tips here and we're going to kind of walk through all of them. And I think the first one we're going to start with right away, because I mean, once you create that account, well, you're going to be itching to, you know, get that first posting up there. Right. So um, just, we're going to walk you through actually creating a post when posting your first item. So Stephanie, if you just like kind of want to take the lead there and walk them through. So my first thought is whether you use the app or the computer. So some people use the app completely. They take their photos while they're posting each item. Um, when you actually go in to add an item through the app, you click the button, the middle button to add it, and it takes you right to your camera. So I do not use the app for doing it. I find the pictures take too long to load. So I am more partial to the computer, but um, yeah. so that would be my first point. Um, title. Title is super important. Keywords, you know, yeah. people are finding these items through keywords. So you do need those brands, um, color, style. Um, I always put the size in there too. I know some people don't, uh, and then you have to scroll all the way down to the um, size area to find it. So yeah. um, I guess going through the, the options here. So what are we selling? So that would be our title, um, describing it. I know you do yours a little bit different than mine. Yeah. I have just a very quick blurb about me, about my listings, about my quality, and then I have measurements and that's it. But for you, I know you have more, don't you? Sometimes I've kind of changed it a little bit. Like I started out doing kind of a more elaborate um, introduction to the item, but I've kind of tweaked it and honed it a little bit and, and made it a little shorter because of course, the more items that you list, the longer that item description is, the more painful it is for me anyway. <laughs> like I want it to be, I want to copy and paste a lot of it. So I have kind of like the main body that I keep in my notes on my phone and I just kind of copy and paste it and then use what I need for that specific listing, right? And I guess it depends on how descriptive you want to be, right? But it, obviously the more information they have on this product, the better, right? But then you have, your, you have a limit, of characters right. as well. So you kind of have to keep it within that guideline. So yeah. Right, right. Um, and then I guess it goes on to category, which I try to get as close as I can 
Um, it would be nice if they would add more categories to the options, but um, I mean, as close as you can. And then we go through size. Um, the big thing I would say about size is I've struggled with this a little bit. So if it fits like a small, but it's sized as a large, what do you do there? I don't know. Like I'm with you. I have mixed feelings on that. Um, where you are selling mostly brand items and mine is vintage, it's going to be a different scenario anyway. But from the shopper, from the, the consumer point, I feel like if I am used to shopping, say, let's say the gas brand. Well, I know that all the gas brands in certain categories, like they're all going to fit me. So if I am looking for a gas size large, that's what I'm looking for. I, whether or not it fits as a small, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think it should be sized as what it says on the tag. But sometimes there are items that just aren't that, right? Yeah, my rule of thumb is actually, if it's a drastic difference and I can yeah. cut out that tag, I'm doing just that. Just do it, yeah. Um, and I guess you have to be weary of that too because sometimes that size will be written on the uh, fabric label. Yeah. So if you are to send something and they know that brand and they know that it's sized, you know, it fits differently. I've actually had a case opened against me yeah. because there was still that large on the fabric label. So I guess you just have to play it by ear and um, see how yeah. that goes. Yeah, and take more, it as a one-off, right? Yeah, more descriptions. I mean, if it's yeah. fitting like a small and it's sized a large, size it as a large and put that in your description. Yeah, and I mean, I include the measurements with all of mine because vintage sizing is very different than modern sizing. So I, I have a little blurb that says something like, not sure if it'll fit, cross-reference it with something that's similar from your closet. So take something out of your closet, lay it down, look at my measurements, and does it kind of coincide with yours? And that's something they can do as well, right? If they're not sure the item's going to fit. But right. I don't know, like I, I understand both point, points and I'm just not sure, you know, I, I agree with both. <laughs> well, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so next in line we've got, okay, so there's brand. So obviously you're wanting to find that brand. Um, if it is not in the list, you still can put it in. I just am mm -hmm. not sure if it's searchable. Um, I think once then, you create it, it is. Once you create it, like you add that plus, and, isn't it? I can't figure out how to do that. I know you have said that. Yeah. And I'm going to have to get you to walk me through okay. it. Maybe it's different on iPhone or Android. Oh, maybe. But um, mm. yeah, I haven't been able to see that area. Yeah. But brand is important. I always put it in my listing and I always make sure I tag that brand in there. Um, next, we go into color, which um, again is important. I think some people do search by color or they refine the search to color. Yeah. Um, next up is new with tags. So if it is new with tags, you're gonna wanna click that uh, little box there. The other thing is it will give you the option for boutique. So some people have no idea what's going on there you have to actually set up a boutique in order for it to be able to be clickable. And, and I think you have to verify too that you are selling brand new items in order to have a boutique. Okay. Yeah, I see, I don't know anything about that because that's not my you know, wheelhouse 
for Poshmark for me, right? Yeah, for a for someone who's starting out, it really isn't um, an important thing. Right. Did look into it at one time, but it just yeah. wasn't worth it. I didn't have enough items to make it worth it. Okay. So next up, price. Um, so original price. Most of the time, I'm guessing. I don't know about you. I try to get roughly around what it would be. See, for me, I don't. I put zero. Right. My stuff is vintage. I have no clue. And it, it's really irrelevant to what I'm doing. So yeah, I just put zero. But if you yeah. know, like lots of people who are selling current items, they know what those prices are. You can easily check, like there's a bajillion ways that you can check pricing on things, right? So right. I, again, I think that's a, a personal thing. Yeah, I do appreciate that there is the option to put hmm. zero because yeah. sometimes it, it is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. So, and then your price. So you come up with your pricing a little different than I do. I have a set amount for certain brands that I ask for. And then if it's a little bit higher end of the piece, better quality material, then I step it up just a little bit. Yeah. But with yourself, you're pricing differently. Yeah, I mean, I'll, it kind of is such a broad spectrum <laughs> of things, right? We'll and it depends on the condition and yeah. things like that. There's just a lot of variables with vintage as yeah. compared to modern pieces. So, so then that, you click uh, next and then you're listed. And then that's it. You just hit the yeah. big old post button and, and there it is. Well, and I have to say that Poshmark is the easiest platform to mm -hmm. sell on, to list on. Totally. Um, I know I do a lot of copy and pasting uh, from my website onto Poshmark and from Poshmark onto eBay. So it just makes it very much easy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've used a few different platforms as well. And I'm like, this is taking, like, I need to make popcorn and have an intermission. This is how long this is. So <laughs> it's painful. Poshmark is super easy. And I love that. I love that. And yeah. you can do it all like click, click, click. I mean, that what you would just explain there sounded long just because you're going through it step by step right. you know, for the new person. But once you do it, it literally just takes a few seconds to do and it's posted and then the magic happens, right? Well, and the nice thing too, if you are a person who is in the middle of cleaning out your closet and you hang that piece on the door, you snap your photos, you fill it in quickly, post, hang yeah. the next piece, you know, it's super easy to do it from your phone and get those items posted right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. So moving on to the next very important point is supplies. And you're going to obviously need some supplies. You're, you've sold your first item. You've got to package it and get it out into the mail. So um, Stephanie, why don't you just tell me kind of a little bit about what you're using and, and how you're shipping your items? So uh, part of my branding is my level of um, kind of feelings when they get the package. Um, I'm not reusing packages. I am purchasing my uh, vinyl envelopes off of Amazon. I go with the purple one because it matched my mm. bag that I used to have in my store. Yeah. Um, and I also buy my boxes from staples.com. So you can, they have so many sizes. It took me forever to get the right sizes for the right items. 
Um, but they are between 25 cents and a dollar, depending on the box. I just like that look of opening this beautiful box, the tissue is folded over. It just gives them this like new feeling. And so that is important to me. Um, I know you can reuse boxes, but just for me, that really isn't something, it's part of my branding that they're new. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say your printer is super important. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a printer. I've got um, tape, uh, tissue paper. I think the bubble wrap as well is a really important one or some sort of packing paper. Um, when you're getting a box and you shake it and things move, mm -hmm. that's a no-no. Yeah, I know. I agree. Think about it. Yeah, think about a pair of leather shoes in that box rubbing each other and getting damaged. And then now you've lost that money because that person is going to either return it to you or say that it was damaged. Yeah, that totally is a valid point because I don't send anything out that's like wiggly jiggly. It's all like when I shake that box, I want to hear nothing. <laughs> the sound of silence. So excellent point. Excellent point. And I mean, as far as bubble wrap, it doesn't even have to be bubble wrap. Like if you take, um, well, I have leftover from when we moved this huge box of that white packing paper. I crumple that up too, cause it's, it's softer, right? And so that creates a nice cushion around things, which is, it's not moving. And it looks good too, right? Just because it's plain white. It really is part of the purchase for them to open yeah. that package and it to feel special for them. And right. That's part of your review too, right? When they um, absolutely that package and they're excited about it. And it's also why they'll come back to you. Yeah. Well, when I started out my store and I'm like, I'm, I'm got all these ideas for what I want to do. And I want to, you know, be on the end of the customer. Okay. Like I'm thinking like the customer, what do I want the customer to see? Like, I want the customer to have an experience. That's what I want. Like, I want them to open the box and be like, oh, I wasn't expecting this at all. This is way better than what I was expecting, right? And so that's what I think. So, I mean, everybody's going to have all these different ideas for what, you know, what their branding will be. And at first, I didn't know. It takes time to figure out, you know, when you're, when you're starting out, what you want your experience to be. But I think taking the time and, and effort and putting it into it is huge because it does speak a lot for, you know, for your, your shop and your store. Well, and consistency too. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, being consistent so that they trust you because yeah. they're buying secondhand items and they're buying them from someone they don't know. Yeah. So if you have shown them that, that your level, your standards are high, they're going to trust you yeah. and they're going to buy from you. I agree. I agree. Like I have, and I'm, I know you have too, because I've been there when you've opened packages, I've opened packages and I've been kind of disappointed. Then I have opened packages and I have been thrilled beyond all, you know, thrilling. Can we just say, see. can we just say the Kate Spade shoes? <laughs> yes, we can. The Kate Spade shoes. So I got these Kate Spade shoes from one of my absolute favorite sellers. And it was like, it was utter bliss. I actually photographed them and I, I sent, I sent the packaging pictures to Stephanie. I'm like, oh, 
this is just perfect. Look at this. I was so thrilled. So it makes a difference. Like I want to be thrilled. I know it's not going to happen every time, but I want it. I want to be thrilled and I want my people to be thrilled every time. Yeah. And I mean, we are advanced, we are far along in this and right. the lady with the Kate Spade shoes, you know, she was able to put extra money into the packaging yeah. because she had money in that budget for it. Yep. For someone who's starting out, I mean, a little bit of tissue paper, um, a, maybe a reused Amazon box, peeling those labels off, you know, cleaning it up a little bit, yeah. um, you know, just making sure that it looks nice. That is just as good as what we're doing. Absolutely. I like, I, you don't have to spend a lot of money out the gate. Like don't go broke doing this, starting out, wait until you've earned some money back and then kind of like sit down and think, what do I want to invest a little bit of money in? And you can get stuff like you can get tissue paper at the dollar store and things like that. It doesn't have to be crazy, but it is just that one little extra touch that just kind of shows that you care. And another thing too, that we haven't quite talked about yet, but we both do, we, we both do like handwritten notes in our packages, you know, little postcards, and it doesn't have to be a fancy postcard. It can just be a piece of paper or something that says, you know, thank you so much for purchasing, like choosing to purchasing, purchase from me. It's little things, right? Yeah, I order mine through Vistaprint. So I've actually mm -hmm. designed um, a card that has a picture. It says, thank you. It asks for a review on it too. And I actually have it written there that please write a five-star review. Um, and I've got little uh, emblems for Poshmark, for Facebook and for Google, you know, just uh, yeah. if they maybe don't, um, aren't familiar with Poshmark, don't know how to leave that review, then maybe they'll leave it another way. Um, but yeah, that when I don't get that thank you card or at least some sort of note, anything, even a post-it with a pretty little written message on it, thanking them for that purchase. Like yeah. that's what Poshmark is about. Yeah. Is being thankful and kind. I agree. I agree. And another thing that's really cool, and we both use this, is the label, what are they called? Envelopes? Label. From, la la <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the labelopes. They're see-through envelopes that you have, that have um, a sticky back. So you peel the back off them, you slap them on your package, and then you slide your printed label into it. Let me tell you, those are the bomb diggity. You get them free from Canada Post. You just go on the Canada Post website. You order however many you want, and they ship them to you, and it costs not one cent. And it saves so much packing tape. Like, I was taping mine because if any water or moisture gets on them, then your label disappears. So you have to tape those labels. So this saves so much tape. So much tape. Well, it's quick, too. It yeah. saves time. Yeah. yeah those, those were a game changer for us. Yeah, absolutely. So there is one more thing that I would add to the supplies. Um, again, talking about branding, um, your thank you card. We both have a sticker that we put on there. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're going to do this more of a full-time thing, you could do something like that. Um, but you know, if you're just doing this part-time, I don't know if that the expense is worth it. Right. Items. Yeah, starting out, it's totally not necessary, but it's, again, it's something they could add to the list. It's like down the road and a little, a little something extra to add. Yes. 
Okay, so prepping. This is the this is the thing. Prepping your items to get them ready to ship. So Stephanie, do you want to kind of like lead off with that? So my biggest thing is an inventory number. I do put a tag on my items. I know you do that as well. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's necessary for everyone or something that they maybe have the tools to do it. Um, I'm used to that. I need that inventory system. So I have that. Uh, next up, I always lint roll before the photos and then I lint roll again before I ship it. Um, I always steam, um, but if you don't have a steamer, you can always pop it into the dryer. Yeah. But your photos are going to look a million times better if it's not wrinkled. Totally agree. Um, I also check it over um, really good. You know, give it, you know, does it need, like I have a clothing shaver. Um, is there a rip? Is there a, a seam that's come undone? Is all the buttons there? Like you do check these things over when you buy them, but this is when you find the flaws. Yeah. And making sure you're documenting those flaws. Don't forget that it has a flaw. I always take a picture of the flaw. So Me I too. remind myself to make sure to mention that. Yeah, because the buyer wants to know. So I, I have a little bit of an example here. I just purchased a pair of shoes. Ugh, they're fabulous. There was a a hole in the side of the heel and the buyer didn't disclose. I was disappointed and a little sad because they were fabulous and I might not have paid as much for them, right? I might not have offered as much for them as I did had I known. So I don't want people to be disappointed when they get my items. So definitely the whole disclosing that information is huge, huge. Well, you're just asking for uh, a bad review too, if you're yeah. not. I mean, if there was something, I had uh, bought in two beautiful purses and there was no packaging around them. They just shook around in the box. They yeah. probably damaged each other. And there was a bunch of stains on the inside of the purse. None of those things were documented. Yeah. So I did not give her a very good review because I was quite disappointed. I could have probably sent them back, but sometimes it just feels like it's not worth the stress. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that for sure. And I mean, you know, another thing too, and we talk, <laughs> we talk about this all the time, is the areas to check, like the armpits, and yeah. I'm just going to say it, the crotch. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm ashamed. Check that business out. <laughs> I, um, yeah, especially uh, Lululemon shorts. Mm -hmm. um, that's a bad one. I had to throw a pair away. I was yeah. very disappointed. Um, and yeah, the armpits, I had a Kate Spade top. Yeah. Beautiful Kate Spade top with armpit stains. And you can't get that out. You could try, but yeah. you're not going to get it out. And I don't know if I want to sell something and put in the comments or put in the listing has armpit stains like yeah. I don't think that's the brand that I want to be representing yeah and I mean there are kind of like mixed reviews on the prep process like a lot of people wash everything and a lot of people wash nothing and then some people wash some things and not like I'm I'm that person I'm that last person I wash some things and some things I don't because vintage is very delicate and it's such a process. So, um, but it's, again, I look for all those things too, right? Because I don't want to sell items that have 
those stains and whatnot on them. And we miss them. Every one of us has missed those, <laughs> but check for those, right? Check for those. Yeah. 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 Check carefully. <laughs> yeah. The one other thing that I do say is that uh, it's nice to have a really sharp pair of scissors and to go around and trim those little threads mm. because that will make a difference in the overall photo. And a lot of these mall brand pieces will have a lot of hanging threads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's lots of, uh, lots of little things that it just kind of cleans it up and tidies it up. So yeah, a hundred percent. Um, what else here? Okay. Sharing, sharing your closet. That's a huge part of the Poshmark world is sharing your own closet closet and, and, you know, making your closet kind of like the priority because when you're sharing, you're putting your stuff in other people's feet and it's always like renewing it and you're putting it in the search um, as well. When people are searching for those items, you're, you're kind of like renewing it. So like, what, what's your thought on that, Stephanie? I share my closet a minimum of two times a day. Mm -hmm. I do when I first get up and I make sure to do it before I go to bed. I yeah. try like four times is optimum to me, but maybe that's a bit excessive for certain people. I believe that you should be sharing your own items. I strongly believe that you mm -hmm. should only be sharing your own items. We're all far too busy to be sharing other people's items. That's just my opinion. Um, a lot of people feel differently. I have watched videos where they show proof that when you share someone else's items, it does not bump them up to the yeah. surface. And if that's not happening, then what is the point of sharing someone else's items? Yeah. And, you know, it, you go back to the amount of, um, of times per day that you share, you know, once at night and once in the morning for sure. It also depends on your closet size too, right? Like I know it takes a long time to share all of those items, but if you have a smaller closet and you can definitely, you know, squeeze that time in there, do it, do it. But I share mine. I'm like you, I share mine in the morning and then I share mine at night, like always faithfully. If there's time in there in between, then I try to, to share as much as I can, but I agree. It makes a huge, huge difference. You can see it too, because when you share your closet, you get likes Yeah. and likes lead to being able to offer to likers. So yeah. the whole point of sharing is to get things visible. Right. And that leads me to the next point, sending offers to likers. Like you have to be doing that. You have to be doing that. It's actually, I think, I think it's fairly new. It's probably only maybe six months to a year old that they've been doing the offers to likers. And what I'm hearing from most of these uh, video bloggers is it was a game changer. Yeah. So think about Poshmark before offers to likers. Yeah. I mean, you think about it when you're on there shopping and you're liking this and liking this mm -hmm. and liking this, and all of a sudden you get an offer, a great offer of say 20% off. Um, you're in the buying mode. It's so easy to click buy. Okay. So I have a question for you. When someone likes your item, how long after they have liked it do you send offer an offer to the liker? Like, do you do it right away or do you do it like once a week or what's your policy on that? I try to do it multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh, anytime that I go on to Poshmark, I'm checking all those 
um, notifications. So you've got your likes, you've got your bundles. Um, again, this is too um, in depth uh, for what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But, you know, I check them all. I try to do an offer to like her probably five, six times a day. And again, yeah. that seems excessive, but I have a closet of 800 items. So yeah. this is my main job. So every time I send out these offers, I'm possibly getting a sale. Right. So I do mine once a day at night. I sit down and I just have my little <laughs> offer to like her marathon. And I love that because this is my mentality. <laughs> People are sitting down in the evenings and shopping as well. So then when I wake up the next morning and then there's sales because of those offers, I'm like, an awesome way to wake up, you know, sold the sold button. I love that. It thrills yes, me. I do, <laughs> I do <laughs> love waking up. To it's very exciting. Uh, the one thing I will say about offers to likers. So there is a button that allows you to do a percentage offer. Mm -hmm. I didn't use that in the beginning. I just willy nilly offered here and there, whatever I thought. But when you think about it logically, if you say uh, items that you've listed in this month, you offer 20% off discounts for say two months. And then on those items, you after that start offering 30% off. Yeah. It just makes it a little bit easier to go through that wholesale process. And if they um, you know, haven't seen the item for a while and all of a sudden they say, ooh, 30% off and a shipping discount. Yeah. You're click the buy button. Yeah, 100%. I mean, from me being on the flip side, being the customer, I love when a, a seller sends me an offer. It, it just is the best thing ever because it makes me want to purchase even more. You know, I'm getting a deal. I'm getting extra money off. I mean, it's already awesome, the pricing on Poshmark. For the most part and to get that a little bit of extra yeah i love it i love it i also have to say that when i don't get an offer <laughs> i i question whether that person is a serious seller yeah i will actually like things and kind of <laughs> sounds terrible but i'll like things and i'll just like like wait i'll sit and wait unless it's like something that's like super amazing and i have to have it right now which usually I don't click buy right away. I don't, I, I wait and I, you know, try to convince myself why I need this thing. Right. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes. And this leads me kind of into the next point about the pricing. And so when you're pricing your items, you have to leave, you have to leave a little bit of wiggle room, right? Because for the most part, like, I don't know about you, but I don't have too many people that are purchasing at full price, it does happen, but most people are gonna send you an offer or they're gonna wait for that offer, right? So I did kind of a little calculation here. Yeah. So um, a lot of us know that, okay, we want a certain amount for, my, for our items. I would like to get $20 per item. Yeah. Once all is said and done, between 15 and 20 seems more realistic. Um, so in order to get that amount, I have to price my item between 30 and $35. Yeah. And the way that works is, um, you know, you do a 20% off offer to Liker and some people do 10%, maybe some people do more. I do 20%. So $30, um, takes it down to 24. 
then if I sold it at that price, Poshmark takes 20%. Yeah. Um, so I'm down to uh, $20, right under $20. And then if I've made an offer to Liker, I have to give a shipping discount. And so that actually takes it down to $16. Yeah. So you have to leave that wiggle room or else you're not going to get what you want from that item. Yeah, if you want $20, it can't be listed at $20. So it's just, you have to constantly have that in the back of your mind. And once you are selling for a while, like once you sell a few items, you're going to look at it and you're going to, you're going to know, right? For the next time, what you're actually going to be getting for profit from that item. So it's a live and learn thing. If you're new, especially if you're new, you know, you might not realize all of the, the things that are going on with that that final purchase price, right? So just something to be aware of. Yeah, it is a little bit of a complicated um, place to sell. I mean, that is apparent from people who are coming onto it being new. It's a bit complicated, but when you do get to know it, um, yeah. I learned everything that I wanted to know on YouTube. There is yeah. so many people talking about Poshmark. Um, the one thing I do wanna mention is not overpricing because yeah. you, it's just going to sit. Um, the moment you start discounting it, people can see that. Then they're going to send you a lowball offer. Um, you got to check your comps too and research that item. Yeah. There's a way to, once you've searched the item, if you scroll down, there's an option for availability. So there's in stock, um, sold, and I think both. So you're going to want to look at those sold listings to see what items have sold for um and the other thing too is a lot of people are selling items from their closet so they're just listing everything from their closet and they are accepting any offer that comes their way so what it actually does is that dilutes that sale price so if you are seeing you have to look at a variety of mm -hmm. items if you see your item sold for five dollars don't be discouraged. That just means that that person wasn't willing to wait the time to get the $20 for their item or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I like you, I check the comps for items. Maybe it's something new that I haven't listed before. It's like, I'm not really quite sure what to list that at. And I love looking at the sold because it does give you a really kind of great idea of of the range of prices, right? That you can kind of flip back and forth between. So yeah, definitely checking the pricing is huge. The sold um, listings too is very handy when you're out buying something too. Yeah. If you're um, unsure if you should purchase it. Um, as an example, I found a pair of beautiful Riker uh, shoes. They were a lace up shoe with a floral print on them. And they were listed, or they were $15, which is a little high because I'm probably only likely to get between $30 and $40 for them. Yeah. By the time I pay all my fees, but I would normally check comps on those so that I can see that, okay, maybe they're selling at 50. So I can pay up to $20 for these because of what they're selling at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk for a second about following following people? Um, my thoughts are that I followed, followed, followed in the beginning mm -hmm. because I wanted to become a posh ambassador. Yeah. It was important to me. I knew that this was going to be a full-time job for me. And so getting that posh ambassador status is important because it does make you more visible. 
I don't yeah. know if it generally sells your items above someone else. I just believe that you get more followers, which means your items are more visible. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. 100%. So how, like, what was your strategy? What was your strategy for following going back to the beginning? Because so, that's what we're trying to, to Yeah, it took me to about a month to become a Posh Ambassador. Mm -hmm. I started working on it. Every night I would give it about a half an hour and I would actually go in through the app. You can't really do this on the computer, but in the app, you can narrow it down by city. Yeah. So I actually went to the bigger cities. I went to Montreal, to Toronto, to Quebec. Um, and I would just follow, mass follow. To be honest, my finger was sore <laughs> because all I was doing was following. Yeah. Um, and it did take a long time to get to the... I can't remember exactly how many followers you need. I forget too. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But it was it was something I worked at for a long yeah. time. I remember when you were trying to convince me, I'm going back a little flashback here. When you were trying to convince me that I needed to, to do my due diligence on Poshmark, I need to you know go down that rabbit hole. And you said, take, Wendy, take 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night and just go follow people. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. So I did. And of course, you know, it worked and, and all that, but, I um, right. Oh, I was right. Oh, you were right. <laughs> yes. I, I guess so. You were, right. you were still kind of in the process of deciding whether you were going to. And I think I said to you, build yourself a platform. I know. And I did work. it. So you have that. following. Yeah. So when you do decide to do it, You've got all these followers ready for what you're going to give them. And that's it. And honestly, 15 minutes really isn't a huge chunk of time. You're going for coffee, sit and sip and follow at the same time. And so, and it does, it works, right? You know, you get those people kind of coming to check you out in, in return, right? So, and oh, I have something that's kind of funny about, <laughs> about my strategy. I'm going to share with you. So when I was starting out, I'm like, okay, where would all the people be who are loving vintage, who are buying vintage? So I know all the cities in my mind. I was like, vintage is huge in California. Well, Cal yeah, I can, that's a whole another ball of wax, the US thing. But within Canada, I would go to BC, like Vancouver and Toronto and, you know, places like that. And then kind of break it down into the smaller cities. And I would just sit there and I would like, take my 15 minutes and follow everybody in that one city. It's like, I would just do it. And because in my mind, I thought, well, those people are the people who are, you know, this living this predominant vintage lifestyle. So I'm apt to find one or two people who are interested from there. So that's kind of like, <laughs> it might be stupid, but in my mind, that's what kept me fueled. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I, I thought bigger cities might be great because there's more people in them. Um, even further from here, because I mean, people have to pay the shipping anyway. So to follow all the people in your town seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah. And the nice thing was once you get that posh ambassador status, you don't have to follow people anymore. You can, but the followers come. I remember sitting and watching it. So every couple of minutes I was getting a new follower. It was just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. I think I'm up to 300 and something hundred thousand now. Yeah. So it's, it's insane. Ridiculous. It's insane. I noticed a huge difference too. It's just like, and it's still like, 
every single day. It's hundreds. And so getting to that level is, it takes time, but it does pay yeah. off. It, it does. just means if more eyes, right? Yeah. If that's what you're going for. I mean, if right. it's going to be a side hustle for you, make it the best side hustle that you can have. Right. I love that. I love that. Make it the best darn side hustle ever. Gosh, darn it. You're going to do it. <laughs> right. Okay. So the thing that is like the biggest thing ever, Stephanie, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Number nine. The biggest thing ever is consistency. Yeah. You have to be consistent. And here's an example. So last week, um, I have focused a lot of my attention on putting um, cross posting. So mm -hmm. I am taking my listings and I am putting them on eBay as well. So I can bring in more uh, sales but it actually took away from Poshmark because I was not being consistent for about three days. Right. I stopped doing what I was doing because I was focusing on something else. And I've seen it in my sales and I've seen yeah. it through my sales. So consistency. So sharing two to four times a day. I add a minimum of five items a day to my closet. 10 is better but maybe yeah. you don't have that amount of stock, but adding items every single day will make a huge difference for you and sending offers to likers yeah. for sure. At least once a day, if not twice a day. Yeah. Consistency is key. I mean, you're showing up every day and you're putting in that effort and it's not anything that's super crazy for the most part, right? Like this all, I mean, short of the listing, right? But the other stuff, it only takes a few minutes, but it keeps you present. It keeps you present with what you're doing. If this is something that you want to do, you know, to, to build a business, but it keeps you present as well with what's going on on the platform and just keeps you kind of in the forefront and on, on people's radar because you're popping up. So showing up is huge. It's huge. Yeah, they say being active on the platform is the best way to make sales. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I'm just going to finish with this, um, this last little point here. It doesn't have to be perfect. We both messed up lots of things. I know Stephanie will agree. Like it wasn't perfect when we started out and we've changed things so many times along the path to this, you know, pathway of Poshmark, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Done is better than perfect. You will tweak it and you'll hone it along the way. Just start with what you have. You don't have to have fancy everything. You can start with your camera. You can start with like your phone. You can start with your coffee table or a blank wall, you know, tissue from the dollar, dollar store. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And that's, that's what's going to get you off the ground. Yes. You don't need the fancy lighting studio. You don't no. need the mannequin. You don't need nope. all the branded postage. You don't need fancy boxes. You just start and just do it. And then as you get better at it, and as you want to do this more, then invest in some things. Invest in a lighting kit. Invest in a ring light. Invest in a mannequin. Maybe you, know, you, maybe you can't take photos at night because you can only do it by natural light. So maybe then that's the time to put some of that money into a lighting kit. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many things that you honestly don't need starting out that you kind of, you know, you talk yourself into it and you, 
you say, oh, I need this for it to be great. But I mean, we all, not to say that, you know, not do it great, but do it great, but with what you have. Because if you can't afford or you don't want to spend that money out, you can still do a fantastic job of getting your items out there and getting your items sold with really very little and very minimal equipment, right? Yeah, I mean, some of the biggest closets out there have just a nail on the wall. And they do like, their <laughs> natural lighting. They hang the item on the wall. It's a beautiful photo. They make sure that that piece is straight on the hanger. Like, it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, these are all great points. And we could probably sit here and talk till the cows come home. <laughs> but... We're going to cut it off. I think we'll probably do maybe more segments about Poshmark down the road, like best practices and things, because I feel like there are lots of conversations to be had. But I think if you guys, if you out there, the listeners, if you have um, questions or comments or things that you want to know about how we're doing business or how we're doing photos or just any questions at all, just, you know, comment or message me on Instagram or message Stephanie on Instagram and we will surely answer you to the best of our ability. I mean, we don't know everything, but we know a few things. <laughs> we like to talk. <laughs> and we love to talk. Like my dad always used to say, Wendy, you're vaccinated with a gramophone. So I figure why not use that? <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Stephanie, so much for joining me again for the caffeinated thrifter. And I'm sure you'll be back. I hope you come back. Anytime. It was my pleasure. I love it. Okay. Good. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, that was so much fun. Why is it that we get such a thrill from talking about these things? I don't know. Anyways, thank you, Stephanie, again, for being part of my podcast. If you're not following Stephanie, you can find her on Instagram, Facebook, and Poshmark as DYL Fashions. Thanks again for listening and have yourself an amazing rest of the week.